Hear ye, hear ye. Welcome to this week's episode of Legally Speaking WTF. We hope you all enjoyed last week's episode on the importance of celebrating diversity in the workplace and how to do so in a genuine and polite manner. If you hadn't had the chance to hear it, make sure you head on over to our Spotify, Apple Podcast, or Captivate pages to listen. Troy, tell me, what do we have going on on the podcast today? Thanks, Joy. So this week we're going to talk about how employees in the workplace can really make change, uh, productive change, not only in the work environment, but outside of it. And also talk about how employers can embrace that and facilitate uh, such change for their employees. And, and that will help boost morale as well. So change is all about, uh, is what we're talking about today and embracing it and making our employees safer and happier. Fantastic. Thank you, Troy. I'm a big believer in unified action, so I am looking forward to hearing more about the proper ways to elicit change in the workplace. You guys know the drill at this point. Welcome to Legally Speaking WTF. We are a podcast that sets out to examine, question, cross-examine, and hopefully reach a verdict on many of the complex puzzles we witness in employment and healthcare law today. For those of you who hear that beautiful sound, the universally known love language of law, and fear that you have been charged with listening to yet another boring podcast, we plead not guilty. We are here to be a reputable but enjoyable source on helping you navigate the puzzling legal landscape of the workplace and healthcare. My name is Joey Ski, and I'll be a key witness in today's discussion, but now it is my pleasure to call to the stand our lead counsel on these matters and the man behind the podcast's name. If you haven't guessed it by now, you just aren't going to get it. You're listening to the one and only Legally Speaking with Troy Foster. Welcome back, everyone. As you know, we like to kick off the show with an irreverent video from the web because we think it helps loosen everybody up for the content. So, Joey, what do you have in store for us this week? Troy, after a little bit of digging, I had a blast from the past. I stumbled on a clip from a Pixar movie, A Bug's Life, which, as an inside, is an incredibly underrated movie, in my opinion. But in the clip, the villain of the film, Hopper, discusses the possibility of the ants that work for him uprising against him. While we aren't discussing a revolution, the power of a unified workforce is very relevant. And I don't know about you, Troy, but sometimes an ant is exactly what I feel like in the workplace. So let's take a peek and see how, yet again, as adults, we can learn from a story for children. There was that ant that stood up to me. Yeah, but we can forget about him. Yeah, it was just one ant. <laughs> one ant. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. It's just one ant. Yeah, boss. They're puny. Hmm, puny? Say, let's pretend this brain is a puny little ant. Did that hurt? Nope. Well, how about this one? Are you kidding? <laughs> well, how about this? You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. 
Does anybody else want to stay? Well, that does bring memories back. I think it may be an age gap too, Joey, because I took my kids to that movie. So um, we will try to bridge that gap later. But as we as we can see, the ants are all of us uh, in some different way or form. And how do we work together and how do we make sure that everyone feels empowered? That's what we're going to chat about today. Fantastic. And I mean, so let's talk about the issue at large that we are discussing here. It is pretty clear to see that the pandemic has caused a, a very significant situation that's difficult economically throughout the world. So it's probably fair that many people are timid about speaking up in the workplace or kind of unifying around their desires. So they don't want to risk losing their job. But why is it so important that people speak up about their desires for better conditions or corporate governance in the workplace? Well, I think, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts, but um, from the employee side, uh, being able and comfortable to raise their hand and talk about things that would make them more productive, happier, and and just socially uh, better contributors uh, to society as a whole is important. Uh, now, it takes two to tango, right? So the employer also has to be in a position of understanding, this isn't about me giving my employees what they want. This is about listening and hearing what the needs of employees may be and trying to facilitate that. And even if it's just for the bottom line, uh, people that are happier are more productive and that should be important for businesses too. So... I mean, that's a phenomenal point that when you're happy in the place you work, you just are more productive and more beneficial to uh, the overall business at large. So in this regard, why is it important that employees really maintain open communication with each other, their peers, about their desires for policy or practice in the workplace? This isn't just about reaching out to the boss quite yet. Why is it important that you, you define that amongst your coworkers? Well, I think a mutual understanding and a collaboration at the beginning helps kind of refine what people are looking for. Even if you take it out of the workplace, sometimes before we head off with one of our ideas, it always makes sense to bounce it around and talk to other people, people in the workplace that are experiencing the same things or people that are in different situations that experience the same things differently. So it really kind of puts perspective on it. And the other thing that's important here is federal law recognizes the right for employees to collaborate in the workplace. Uh, the National Labor Relations Act, in fact, prohibits an employer from uh, making employees not discuss work conditions or anything else. So employees not only have the, the right to do it, it's a good idea to so that they can come together and refine those issues. And, and really come united when they take it to the next level. No, that's great. And so, I mean, as we saw with ants in the clip from earlier, how can unified action of employees elicit real change for the better? What does it take to go from an open communication in the workplace to actually developing change on a policy or practice level? And, and that's an important question, Joy, because I think one of the key aspects to that is understanding the business and we don't give employees enough uh, recognition and they get the business. They may not be running it, but they get it. Uh, so 
employees need to remember that they get, they're on the front lines. They understand what this is about and take that and decide what's reasonable. What would, what would the bosses or what would the company do? What could they do? Cause there are some things that we'd all like to happen. That's just not possible, but what could the company do and what would be reasonable and then the third thing that they should really focus on is what is the benefit, not only to the employees, but to the company or its customers, because that's going to be what the management wants to hear about. So when it comes to these benefits, let's take a look at the, kind of the opposite paradigm of this. What about for the worst? What happens if you go about this in not the proper way? Can you actually cause more damage to the business by unifying around the wrong kind of principles? When you said understanding employees understand the business and we need to give them credit, what happens if you don't take that time to develop the proper things to uh, unify around? Yeah, I think that that's also important because two things can happen. One, you will have uh, employees that are not on the same page. So they haven't listened to one another. They haven't heard that, maybe just take an example, that childcare may be an issue for a certain group of people, but it's not for others. Now, that doesn't mean that the whole workforce can't come together and work on that issue at, together. Because even if childcare isn't an issue for you, but your coworker has a problem with it, they're going to be less likely to call in and put burdens on you as their coworker if the issue is addressed. So uh, I think that if you don't do that together as an employee workforce, then that's going to be a problem the first out of the gate. The second piece would be if you're asking for things like, hey, I want my company to pay for all, all childcare. Well, that's probably not going to be, unless there's a, a real need and investment, it's definitely not going to be a short-term answer. But uh, what are some interim solutions? Um, is there a flex schedule? Is there something that would make it easier for the employees that are affected and that is reasonable to ask? If we don't do that, then what happens on the employer side? And I can tell you this from being a chief human resources officer. If I was presented from an, with an employee group of a, of a solution that was just not workable, um, I, I tended to not pay much attention to it. Um, until it was better formed and uh, folks really came to the table with something that we could really do. Great. So when you talk about uh, well-developed and formed ideas to present to human resources or upper management, what are actually some of the specific issues or, I mean, even better, the powers that employers have that employees like myself or anyone else may not actually know they can cause change in? Yeah, so there are a couple that are that are good that I've seen develop over the last several years, and one of them comes to employee benefits and their their insurance policies, whether it's medical or life um, insurance policies. And and some uh, companies have been very open to hearing what their employee employees want and need and modifying the options that they present to employees so that it doesn't necessarily negatively impact those that may not need or want certain things, but it just opens the menu of opportunity up. I'll take one example. Um, we have uh, been a, seen a lot of employees that have uh, wanted uh, 
health benefits for their same-sex partners or uh, transgender benefits for uh, medical uh, procedures or medications. And, you know, five, 10 years ago, that wouldn't have been a thing. But employees came together and said, hey, this is about, uh, it's a human right. It's not a right that that is an individual one. It's really a human right. And we want to support even those that don't, wouldn't necessarily apply to. We want it to be something that everyone enjoys. Uh, it's one of those cases, and I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, where it would have a disparate impact on people if it if it didn't um, apply. So uh, that's where we see a lot of employees unify around um, those things. And then they are able to take it to their company and their company, they have a large bargaining power with the insurance industry. So they're able to make things happen. And the only way it happens though, is if the employees get together and, and think about it and vocalize their needs. So phenomenal. And when we talk about, like, as you said, it's a human right. This is something we want for our employees, for our coworkers. And it requires that unified front to really develop and make the changes necessary. So in, in what ways do employees often suffer when they don't vocalize on this unified front? what they desire from their employers? How can that, how can the lack of vocalization just cause you to suffer on your own? Yeah. So what's interesting here is like, if you don't, uh, aren't proactive, you just get what you get. Right. Um, now sometimes that lesson is okay. Uh, as a parent, when you say, Hey, here's dinner, you get what you get. Don't throw a fit. I, that's a mantra in my house. It's a classic. But, uh, yeah. But in the workplace, that's not, uh, we don't have to go in that direction. We're not the children of the managers, right? So we're able to say, hey, you know what? We would like to look at the menu. Uh, we'd like to have options and choices in this cafeteria of benefits. And it really doesn't cost the employer more to get get an add to that a la carte menu. So it, it doesn't disadvantage the employer. It really helps the employees on at the end goal and really increases morale. Um, so it can be a life changer when you get together and, and talk about these things. And, and it goes beyond, you know, the medical benefits uh, there. That's just one example, but it really can impact all sorts of things and life. So that, that's why I think it's important. Oh, no, that's, that's incredibly important. And I, I mean, I want to just reiterate this one more time. You said it really isn't from your experience any more expensive to custom tailor a benefits package to the employee base rather than kind of just an overarching uh, best practices or what is thought to be best practices in benefits for employees. It, it actually is an economic decision that can cause really no friction if done properly. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And not only that, though, I mean, there's two pieces from a business standpoint. When you offer people uh, opportunities, sometimes they won't take them because they uh, have decided that maybe it's not fruitful for them or they don't have time. Um, but the fact that it's offered is in itself a victory for many employees, and they feel that, right? Uh, the second piece on that is... If and, and I used to deal with employee benefits all the time on the business side. If employees are engaged in their own health care and are proactive about it, the cost of providing that health care drops significantly. 
because when they're engaged, they're going to eat better. They're going to learn more about how to take care of themselves and their family. And that in itself pays for it. So, I mean, it seems like a pretty clear benefit for both if it's an economic decision for the business and it creates better I mean, if acted upon, it creates better habits for the employees. I see no real losing in there. So what about developing diversity in the workplace? I mean, as we discussed in last week's episode, diversity in the workplace is a paramount factor in healthy and successful workplaces and as much so as eating healthy and all the things we talked about with benefits, developing a unique, diverse, and uh, openly communicative workforce to bounce ideas off of is healthy for that business. So do employees have any power to elicit change in who is hired or joins the team at the office? Of course. And now, you know, I'm going to give a global answer to something that's very unique at each employer, right? But I will say this, we have seen study after study in the last five years where employees themselves are really concerned with and excited by the prospect of having a more diverse workforce. A significant majority see ways that their employer could, in fact, create and add more diversity. And so I think it's important. That in itself tells you that they want it. Your employees want it. You know who else wants it? Your vendors. Your vendors want to make sure that that your the services you provide have that diverse talent that because that creates better product and uh, the same with your customers your customers want to know that their representative uh, is is someone who represents their their beliefs and their company's beliefs and and it doesn't have to be that same person but just that there is a representative sampling so to your question employees definitely can make uh, make changes. Now it, we go back to how and um, in what ways. Uh, I think there are a couple that I that I've seen work well. Um, if your HR department doesn't have a diversity program, you can ask for that. You can say, "Hey, you know what? We want to learn about bringing diversity both in the makeup and hiring, um, or in the development of employees." and their promotion and retention. And we want to bring in someone. Can you, let's have a lunch and learn. We'll bring a brown bag and we want you to uh, tell us more about it and bring in someone to speak on it. Uh, Some companies already have that as a program in place. Uh, And in fact, when I used to work in uh, as a human resources person, I would bring in folks and kind of teach about how do we integrate that? How do we make it better? And then we implemented it at the HR level. Uh, We do that every day with our HR team where we say, hey, here are some things that you can do to to increase the pool size of the people that are applying that are more diverse and how you can at least consider uh, that diversity when making your hiring decisions and your promotions. So when you say increasing that pool, would you say that a lot of this a lot of what employees can do to benefit their employer's selection process and new employees has to do with promotion and development, shall we say. Um, How can employees help to improve their company's publicity and outreach that ultimately benefits the hiring process as they can make recommendations on who they like to be hired, but hiring is ultimately the upper management's decision. Right. 
And so there are direct and indirect ways that they can they can do this. So employees, one of the best ways to increase the pool is to reach out to uh, associations within the community. So whether it is, you know, the Chinese American Association or the Asian American Association, or whatever diverse group uh, that you're interested in uh, creating the bigger pool. And I honestly think all of them, like, you know, there are listservs for all of these groups uh, that you can get on and, and, and provide uh, them with information about your company. Uh, any employee can do that. Uh, employee can say, hey, we have postings and I want to share these with you. And that, that organization or that agency is really interested in making sure that any qualified candidates will get out there and apply. So that's one very indirect way. You don't need your company's permission to share that information uh, in general. And, and the other way is to just talk with your hiring folks about why you think diversity is important. Uh, what makes that important to you? And again, circling back around, you'll want to talk with your coworkers about it as well so that you have a, a, an informed message. And though you may have different ideas about diversity in the workplace, at least you'll know what everybody else's is too, so that you can present it in an informed way to management. And management will appreciate that uh, in most places, uh, in the places that we work with. So, uh, and even if it's uncomfortable, have the conversation again. I, I know that that uh, kind of pushes boundaries with some people or makes them feel uncomfortable. But sometimes we have to push those boundaries in order to you know, get where we, we need to be. So, I mean, of course, over the last four years and even longer, politics has been a very polarizing topic to discuss. And I mean, traditionally politics, religion, world issues, those are all taboo topics in the workplace. You just don't really go there. But how can employees come around unified action to promote political or philanthropic efforts? And why is that healthy workplace dialogue about values and the community and promoting those values? How does that lead to community betterment and long-term benefits in the workplace? Yeah, no, that's a great question and and a dicey one because it depends on where you work. Uh, for example, if you work in a government agency, you cannot um, support anyone politically. Uh, it's just not acceptable for, for a lot of reasons because you are in part a representative of the government. So you can't do that. Um, but in other areas there may be opportunities for employees to have the types of discussions that we were talking about earlier, where you sit down and listen um, and hear each other. And I think that's one of the most important things to actually listen and not try to prove your point, um, but hear where people are coming from. And that's important for employees, but also important for, for managers and the employer itself, uh, because there are things that can be done um, on a spectrum uh, to make influences and impacts in the community. That may be just deciding to volunteer and help with the homeless uh, or the hunger uh, epidemic uh, by volunteering at a local food bank or shelter uh, as an employer uh, or a group of employees that decide to do it outside of work. 
it could go all the way to potentially like lobbying informally uh, as a group of employees to state legislators or other bodies. It could also go as far as deciding that you want to maybe not as an employer, but employees want to get together and support a candidate uh, and really decide this is going to impact our community and our lives and maybe the workplace. Who knows? Uh, but all of that just sit, requires sitting down and hearing each other out. And that could be the reason it comes to the workplace is this. We're, we're most of the time when we're awake, we're at work. So we know those people, uh, we care about those folks, and that's where a lot of this change will have impact. And why not mobilize the folks that you're around all the time? Or why not, as an employer, mobilize the workforce, not only to produce the, the work that you need as a team, but also to try to make change in the community? It really is impactful and has a lot of untapped uh, resources that we can utilize and, and actually as employees and employers make our lives and the lives of our community a lot better. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very important to return to what we talked about last week and the week before the workplace is ultimately going to be a major time spend in your life, whether you like that or not probably comes down to many factors, but why not put the best foot forward to make effort to make that community that you are going to spend much time with beneficial and healthy and all of those things to make it the least amount of a taxing thing that we do. Everybody has to work. It's part of living life. But all in all, what are some practical takeaways for employees on this topic? If you're going to spend this much time together, what are some ways that you can take action on improving the workplace? I think it goes back to us trying to figure out as employees what is important to us and what we see in our community that needs help, what and who. And then having that discussion with our coworkers. Hey, who needs this? Who needs, who is it transportation? Is it food? Uh, is it maybe learning more skills uh, to, to help you develop either within that workplace or in the community? I think having that conversation first with your coworkers is going to be the first and most important step to refine and solidify what are some common things that, that we need to focus on. And on the flip side, for employers, why is it so important that as employers, you maintain open communication and allow these types of kind of unified action amongst employees to make the change they want for your business and for themselves? Well, I think it's important on two levels. One, it's always important to know what your employees' challenges are, uh, whether it's at work or outside of work. It will impact their jobs and their lives. So it's good to know just to see where they're coming from. But knowing it without doing something about it is though beneficial, a little bit heartless. So employers should take that next step. Like, can we make change? Can we allow them to uh, make change? And that third point, which I, I think is just as important as any of the others, is empowerment. We as companies should empower our employees, recognizing what their challenges are 
and give them the tools that they need to make change for themselves. Now, we as companies, we can make changes pretty quickly and swiftly, but it's it's much more beneficial in many ways to give the employees that are seeking change, whether it's in the workplace or outside of it, that need the change, uh, much more powerful to empower them, give them the tools and let them make the change. When we do that, people are feel so valued. And I think that's probably one of the most important takeaways from the employer. Uh, when you value your employees, they're loyal and productive. And you also did a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think the main takeaway from this is the importance of empowering the workforce, whether it be through your own actions or through, uh, I always laugh at kind of that, that mentality that the CEO of a company did everything to make that company the way it was <laughs> from every experience I've had in my few years of life. It's, <laughs> it takes a whole village to make a business successful. Um, so valuing the work that those who dedicate, as we said, a majority of their life to building the business along with you will have many benefits that can be reaped for years to come. And I mean, to wrap it up, what could be the damage of choosing to fight these kind of things? What happens when, through your experience on the HR side and in work or and in, uh, employment law, what happens when you don't, when you actively fight to, to quiet these type of vocalizations of what the uh what your employees need well you know it's interesting i have only seen employers actually fight it a couple of times um and those turned out to be pretty disastrous too but uh, the more more consequences occur when they don't even know what the employees want or need so they're not fighting anything they're just ignoring what their employees want. So that's just a, so what comes out of that is you have employees morale is down. You have, you know, a lot of folks that are leaving their jobs and you're trying to backfill positions and train people, which results in a ton of cost to any business. So that's problematic. The couple of times where I did see employers fight is when, or fight the change is when the change really was systemic. Like, it really could have very well been something that might have damaged the organization. And then I think you do have to sit down and talk with the employees about choices because the employer needs to move forward. Um, but if you have a, a employee group that at the very root of it um, doesn't agree with what the employer is doing, that's a discussion we had. They, you know, perhaps vegetarians don't want to work at the slaughter mill. I, you know, that maybe it's just not the right fit. Um, and so those are the types of things where it's like, don't fight it, come to the table, talk about it. And maybe there's a different way to go about resolving it. No, I think that's, that's a perfect comment on this. And I, <laughs> I think we've ended almost every episode on this exact same kind of theme, which is how to prevent all of these workplace disasters is through open communication on both ends. Like you said, right. vegetarians probably don't want to work at a slaughterhouse. So the only way to really clearly get to that point is to have communication about it and figure out what are the proper next steps. So again, Troy, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for sitting down. I feel like a lot was learned today about the proper ways to unify around building a better workplace, which as we've mentioned many times becomes a very, very 
long time commitment in your life. So these type of actions, do them now and do them early and do them the right way with a lot of communication. And it will, it will empower the employees and empower the employer to create this better environment that is more enjoyable for all. So tell me, what do we got next week? Well, thank you, Joy. So next week, we're going to talk about unemployment benefits, something not fun, but definitely necessary given the the pandemic, how and when you should contact your government agency, what you should expect uh, from them and, and the right response so that you're you know, making sure that you're advocating for yourself, but also setting expectations reasonably, and maybe a sneak peek at what the new stimulus package might entail for you. As we said, this year and last has been quite a tumultuous one. So I think that'll be a very informational episode to help kind of mitigate the struggles of what has been uh, a long year for everybody, I'd have to say. So Troy, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, And to all listening, we hope you enjoyed uh, this week's episode. Great. Thanks, Joey. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) 